Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. God, we love you. Uh, Lord, uh, just being able to, to take it just a moment and, and just have some talk with the, the families. Um, awkward, but, but awesome. Um, Lord, I, I want us to be able to be uh, real with what it is we're dealing with and uh, what, what is happening inside of our, um, inside of our family and, and not act like that there's nothing wrong and there's nothing going on and everything's honky-dory. God, let us be real. Uh, in that, as we're being real, let us not be ignorant. Let us not be arrogant. Let us not try to cover things over. Let us be vulnerable um, to what it is that you're doing and, 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 and um, susceptible and receiving of what it is you're doing um, so that our lives can be uh, transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Uh, God, as we're going to talk here about what it means to, to serve you uh, through, through serving others, um, let your words go forth and uh, let, them, let them tug on our hearts. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we ready to get started? All right. <clears throat> if you have a Bible, turn to uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I, uh, we're going to launch off here. And um, we'll, we'll see how, how, how much we get through this, and, and it, it'll be what it'll be. I, I promise I'm not, I'll, I'll try to have us out of here by normal time so you guys can not throw rocks. The whole focus of what I want to, to communicate to you today, it's found primarily here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses uh, 4 through 7. But I want you to, to kind of think about this, that serving others is for God's glory and your sanctification. So when we serve others, it's not just so we can feel good. It's understanding that it's for God's glory, but there is an element that, it is, that, that, that we benefit from this. It is for our sanctification. So um, as, you have, uh, as you have turned there, and obviously I have not yet, because I too, like my father... I'm nervous in front of pe speaking in front of people. I'm just trying to lighten the mood a little bit, okay? All right, First Peter chapter four. Uh, let me read four through. Or I'm sorry, seven through eleven. Chapter four, First Peter seven through eleven. The end of all things is at hand. <laughs> That's a good way to start this, right? The sky is falling. The sky is falling. No, no. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, I love that. He says, okay, here, you're being presented with something. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Uh, that's a whole sermon which Dan can preach one time. It has to do with prayers, right? Pray. Uh, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. With, or keep loving other, one another earnestly. <coughs> Excuse me. I still have that Panama cough, which is crazy. Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. So don't get hung up on oracles. It means the words of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What I want us to highlight here, we talked a lot last week about serving uh, God and what that, what that looks like, and it's for His glory. What I want us to, to look at in this, this text here is that our service to one another 
is glory, glorifying God too. It is to God's glory as well. And it says here that we are, as we serve one another, the way in which we serve one another is through our gifts and through God's strength. Look at, 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 at verse, um, verse 10. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. No, 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 no. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here. This is going to be a whole sermon series in and of itself, spiritual gifts. Everybody wants to know about spiritual gifts. Great, and I, don't hear me, I'm not, I'm not saying that like as a, as a knock on spiritual gifts, no. What I'm saying though is everybody, they, they, they focus so much on the gifts, they forget the gift giver. And what we need to understand here is this is a clear indication that all gifts come from God. Now, because all gifts come from God, it says here, as each has received, I will, I will stand on this hill until I die, that every believer in Jesus Christ is given a spiritual gift. You may not know what that spiritual gift is, and maybe you need help to figure that out, but the Bible is very clear that each child of God has a spiritual gift. Knowing that a spiritual gift is something that is given to you, I'm not talking that you have a skill or that you have an ability. Those things are good, and maybe that skill and that ability is something that is a, it is a God-given talent that you, you, you have, but this is, that's, we're not talking about talents here. We're talking about the Holy Spirit empowering you to do something. And that's what he, he, he's saying here. Now, with that being said, uh, are, are there, um, to identify your gifts, are, they have spiritual gifts tests and you know, things of that nature. I am not against. I'm not going to be one of those that says, you shouldn't take a spiritual gifts test. No, I'm not going to say that. What I will say is when you take a spiritual gifts test, you can very easily skew the results of those tests. Because, I, I know this can be hard to believe for some, some of you, um, you lie about your life. And the person that you lie about your life to the most is you. So when you take those tests, if you do, and again, I'm not against them. I've taken them myself. It's, kinda, it's fun to kind of look at this. But you have to be completely honest. If you're not... The, the, the results can be skewed. So what I say that the, the best way of, of um, having an, a, a gift identified uh, to you is not through tests. Again, I'm not against, but it's not through tests. It's through time and community. Because you can see, and, 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 and hear me on this, you can, you're more aware of someone's spiritual gift than they are at times. You, you can be in the room with someone, and they can say, I'm, I've got the spiritual gift of teaching. And then they try to teach, and they can't. But they took the test, and it says, I have the spiritual gift of teaching. Well, okay, just because that says that you do, your actions and your life, and the, the, it, that doesn't say it. It doesn't add up. So, again, I, I'm not saying that we don't take the test. I think that, that what we need to do is we need to surround, back to the question about the, 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 the small groups and everything, we need to surround ourselves with people who can speak into our lives, who can be the recipients of that gift, and say, wow, you're good at that. And you know what? That's going to take some time. And another caveat, if you have to convince someone of your spiritual gift, it's not your spiritual gift. 
I, I, I mean, I, I've had that, that conversation. I've got the gift of compassion. No, you don't. I, I'm just, I have the gift of prophecy. No, you don't. You just are a loudmouth. I mean, so if you have to go that route, um, be aware. But I, I think it's, it's very clear that gifts are found in community for community. And that's what's being said here. You are given a gift. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you are given a gift, not so you can go outside of the body to enact it and to use it. The spiritual gifts are given for the body, for the edification of the church. Now, does the, the community around benefit from that? Yeah, you know what? There is nothing more that a community can benefit um, from more or not, nothing better that a, a, a community, community can benefit from more than a healthy church. Because if there's a healthy church that's growing and it's vibrant, that's going to overflow into the community. And then, then the community is going to come in and they're going to hear the Word of God and they're going to see the acting of these spiritual gifts and they're going to be like, this is awesome. I want to be a part of this. But if we're people that just try to act like we're some, something that we're not, um, we're, we're going to be a people that people don't want to be around. I don't think that anybody, well, maybe some of you in here don't want, want people to be around you. But if, if that's the case, you have, we need to look down deep and say, well, what, what, what's going on? Let me not get off on that. Let me say this, that um, the spiritual gifts, look at it like this. A present given as a sign of benefactor status. So... The manifestation of the spiritual gift in the believer is a sign to show, hey, the Spirit resides inside of me. So, so when Paul talks elsewhere that we are to seek the gifts, it's so that, yeah, so we can be built up, one another can be built up, but it's so that we can have assurance too. So we can have that, that seal saying, wow, I have more confidence I can face this. So it is, there's a lot that goes into this, understanding that as we serve one another through our spiritual giftings that God has given us, it's all by the strength, it's all by the power, it's all by the Holy Spirit who resides inside of us, and it's all for the glory of God. And when I say this, I think on a Trinitarian type view, so we're glorifying the Father that has been provided our gifting through the Son that's been given to us by the Spirit. The whole Godhead is involved when we, when we serve one another. So when he, it says here that in everything, in order that in everything, not just what you do on Sunday, not just what you do when you're spending time with Jesus, not what, no, in everything you do, from the time in which you get up in the morning to the time in which you go to bed at night, and I would even go into the time you're in bed, sleeping in sawn logs for Jesus, it's in the Bible, ogre, I'm telling you. <clears throat> but understanding that everything that we do is to be done to the glory of God. For His honor, for His glory. I, I want to unhash, unhash what we did last week and talked about. Like, If you really understand what Christ did on the cross, you would want to glorify Him in everything you did. So serving others for God's glory. We, when we, we serve one another, we are glorifying uh, the Father. Now, I want to take a, a next, the next step and understand that when we serve others, it's for our sanctification as well. 
So not only is there, I mean, first and foremost, it is for glorifying God, but as we are doing this, there's something else that's taking place. Something else is taking place on the inside of the believer. Because believe it or not, when you say, I do to Jesus, meaning you're putting your faith and your trust in Him, when you say that to Him, you're not automatically transformed into this new, perfect, um, angelic person. There is a process that needs to take place. Yes, positionally, you go from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved Son. So yes, you come into where you are separated from God and now you're no longer separated. But now that you are no longer separated from God, He has requirements that, 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 uh, that, that, uh, of His children and the way in which you're to live their life. The requirements of His children, this, this process that takes place, this is what sanctification is. Don't look at this as a, as a big long word. I don't know what He's saying. Just look at this and understand what it truly is. Because this is part of God's plan of restoration. God, God is in the work of restoring humanity and restoring creation back to the way in which it was in the garden. And sanctification is a huge part of this process. I put down here that it's integral Sanctification is integral of being a member of God's people. You cannot be a child of God and not be somewhere in the process of sanctification. Sanctification is that becoming more and more, the process of becoming more and more and more like Christ. The Bible doesn't afford us the opportunity to say, oh, I'm in and I'm good enough, I don't need to do anything. The Bible doesn't afford us that opportunity it says that there's something that it, it, it is working inside of us. And that something is a someone. And the fact of the matter is that the Spirit of God, as He works inside of us, He is going to uh, transform us and conform us more and more and more into the image of the Son. So when we look at, at sanctification, we have to look at it as this. The process of renewal and consecration, another big word, but it just means to set apart, a process of renewal and consecration by which believers are made holy through the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, what do you mean that the believers are made holy? Um, one of the greatest, maybe I don't want to be overdramatic here, but a very important doctrine of Christianity that is overlooked more than most is the doctrine of holiness. Because people think, oh, I got my get out of hell free card. I got, I, me and Jesus are good. I got this. And well, well, well here's the, 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 the sad reality is people don't look at the, 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 the scriptures in which are, are, are given to us multiple places where it says that we are to be holy as he is holy. We're, we're called to be his holy nation. Uh, turn real, real quick over to. Um, 1 Peter chapter uh, 2, just, probably just one page. Whoop, one page. 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 9 with me. <clears throat> Peter here is talking to the, to the church, he's talking to believers, he says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, 
Talking about God. A people for his own possession. God chose you. God said, I, I, I want you. He says, you're to be holy. Why? Because I have you as my own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, so just this thought process, of, if we're talking about um, sanctification, we're talking about um, as we serve one another, God's working the, 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 this, this, this thing inside of us, this thing that He's working inside of us is, is making us more and more and more holy. The Holy Spirit is working inside of us so that we can one day be presented to the Father, as Paul says in Ephesians, holy and blameless. That we can be presented to the Father fully holy and fully blameless. Some people say, well, that's unattainable, this, this, side, of, uh, you know, this side of eternity. You know what? You're right. Can you be fully holy and fully blameless before um, you get your glorified body? No, you cannot, but that's not a reason not to uh, uh, try and train more like it. Not, it's not a reason to just like, give up all hope and say, well, it's not going to happen now, so why should I even worry about it? You should worry about it because God says, be holy as I am holy. Here it says that you are a chosen people, you're a holy nation, you are my possession. God's saying you're my possession. And it goes, I mean, my loose translation of this is you're my possession, so act like it. Act like you're, a pos uh, you're possessed. <laughs> Don't go all sci-fi channel or anything on me. But that you are in the possession of the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, that the one you call your Father is the one who is the creator of all. And it says that so that His excellencies can be seen by others. Too many Christians walk around, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they don't live that way. We don't live as if we are being transformed more into the image of the Son. We don't live a life that is reflectant of God. We really live a life that's reflectant of the world. And it's because we have not elevated the doctrine of holiness to where it should be. We should be pursuing holiness. Now, some will say, well, I don't want to be a holy roller. I'm not saying that you have to be that guy that carries your 15-pound Bible around with you and anytime someone says Jesus' name in vain or God's name in vain, that you hit them with that Bible. That means that you obey and you follow the commandments in which Christ has given us. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, right? It's understanding that this is the way in which God wants His children to live. You live that way. Yes, you're going to come in contact with people that, that don't live that way. What is your, your responsibility in there? It's to display the excellencies of God. By displaying the excellencies of God, will you get in a conversation with somebody? Yeah, you probably will. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But it's not up to you to have to conform or, or convert that individual. It's your responsibility to live a holy life so that when they look at you, look, look, look where it goes on here. Verse uh, 11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. He's saying that this is what 
is un, an unholy life. Passions of the flesh, of the flesh, which wage war against the soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of, of visitation. It's so that they, they can look at you. If you are living a life that is not self-righteous, because that's where this is where I think why a lot of, uh, of people kind of veer away from talking about holiness, because it can e- you can easily fall into self-righteousness. Don't fall into self-righteousness, because then you fall into where the Pharisees were, and they didn't really love Jesus. They just loved themselves. So, we don't want to fall into self-righteousness, but we have to understand that being holy is living a righteous life. Because positionally we are made right, we need to live our life as if we have been made right with God. We don't use that as a freedom, we don't use that as a license, and we don't use our freedom as a license to sin. Paul says in Galatians 5 that actually we, to, to guard against that, we need to, to, through love, serve one another. As we're serving love one another, we can understand that this, this thing, this responsibility in which I have to be holy, is given to me by the one who is holy. As we, um, as we think about this serving others and in, in, in sanctification, as we understand that as children of God that we, we should want to, be conformed and transformed into one from one degree of glory to, to, to the next. This all comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. This all comes in time. It takes time. I've met too many people who have given, honestly, given their life to Christ, and then a couple months later, like, I just, I'm just, I can't believe I'm just, this is where I am at. It's as if I could put in the microwave my, my, uh, my microwave meal, push the buttons, and I, I got my meal in front of me. And that's the way in which my, my, my Christian walk should be. Like, I, can't we just fast forward this thing? Most of the time, the people in which I have that conversation with are the ones that need to take even longer because they, they're, they're stuck in that self-righteousness. They're the rich young ruler that Jesus says, uh, or that is encountered, that Jesus encounters and says, uh, you know, what must I do to inherit the, the kingdom of God? And then Jesus tells them, hey, well, this is what the law says. And he said, well, all those things I've done. And then Jesus says, well, hey, go and sell what you got and give to the poor. And then he makes that statement, like, you're so close, but you still don't get it. And I think that the understanding that, that as we are moving along on this, this, this path, as we um, are, are uh, looking at, at, at the, the service to one another, as we look at our own, as we look at our own, I don't want to say position because I, 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 don't, I don't think that, that, that that is accurate. As we look at our own status or our own progression, that's the word I was looking for, as we look at our own progression in this sanctification what we have to understand is that through this, there is, there is a, a, an end. There is a goal. There is something that we are to look forward to. A, a, a goal in which we are to strive towards. And that's holiness. So again, and maybe I need to get off this horse so we can get into the rest of this, but this holiness that we're, which we're called to, this holiness that God says, okay, these are my people and this is the way in which I want them to live, this holy life, this holiness 
doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. You have to participate in this. And again, this comes back to this is part of this. This is what sanctification is. But the question is this. How do I change my approach towards serving so that I can glorify God and be sanctified? Because it, if, if you don't want to glorify God and you don't want to be sanctified, big problems. Big problems. Because if there is nothing in you, if you're saying, ah, the only reason I'm here is because she made me, or he made me, or, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. If there's nothing in you that wants to glorify God, and there's nothing in you that wants to be sanctified, you, you, you need to start first with, do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because when we have a relationship, we, there is something, maybe it's not a huge desire, because I think that this is part of working into and understanding the, the, the importance of it. But what we have to understand is that we have to change our approach towards this. We have to change our approach if, we're, if we want to glorify God and we want to um, be sanctified. Serving comes into this. Because what serving does, it, it, it changes the way in which we live. Two truths real quick. First truth about how do I change my approach to serving so that I can glorify God and be sanctified. The first truth is this, that God works in you as He works through you. God works in you as He works through you. So, so think about this. How can God work in you if you don't serve? If you don't serve one another, oh yeah, my life's messed up and i got this going on and I've got that going on. I can't, I'm in no shape that I can serve. No, no, no. no. It's not up to you if, to, to determine the shape in which you're in to serve. The Bible's very clear that God is He's going to complete a good work that's in us. And the way He does that is through the power of His Holy Spirit. But you're not the, the, the final recipient of the, the Holy Spirit's work. And I think that that's where we get mixed up. It's like, we think that we're the end game. Like, well, God imparts His Holy Spirit on me, and boom, there, there He is. And that's all, that's all she wrote. No, the Holy Spirit comes in you, Yes, He resides in you, but He doesn't come in there and set up shop and just like, ah, this is pretty cool. i got a lot of work to do here. No, He doesn't sit back and He's not maxing and relaxing, you know, all Fresh Prince of Bel-Air style. When He comes in you, he, He comes in you so He can work through you. As He's working through you, you change. So I, I, I've, I've had this conversation a, a few times, like, well, I, you know, I don't really think that God's working in me. He will not work in you if He's not working through you, because you are not the final recipient of all of this. Serve one another wise to display the, God's varied grace. To display what, how great God is, to display His excellencies. So when God works in you, He works through you. That's the first truth. The second truth is this. Sanctification involves the whole person. The whole person. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. When it says that we're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, Mark 12, 30, we cannot be sanctified. We cannot uh, um, be conformed to the image of the Son if we're not going to be all in. Because that's 
that's essentially what, what is being said here. When we talk about heart, soul, mind, and strength, people try to divide, well, this part's this. Okay, here, here's the deal. It means all of you. It's not the hokey pokey. Put your left foot in, you put your left foot out, you put your left foot in, and you shake it all about. I figured you guys start singing or something. Or the, what's that new cab- that song that the, the, the girls are singing, Shannon? Um, party up or stand, I don't know, uh, whatever. Anywho, it's not like whatever I'm trying to explain here. <laughs> Understanding that you cannot sanctify your big toe and the rest of you is not living, I'm doing it a little bit at a time. It, it, it's not as if it's gangrene or frostbite that will just kind of eventually move to the rest of your body. No, you have to be all in. It's one, I, well, you've heard that, that term, all or nothing? I, I believe that's the way in which sanctification is. Because until we're all in, we're not in the position to, to, to receive all of what God has for us. Well, I want to do a little bit here. Yeah, I am really busy. Well, I, that's fine. You, you, that's between you and God. But if you want to, to, to grow and you want to be made more into His image and you want to experience the holiness in which He has for you, it's with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's saying, I'm all in. It's everything in which I've got. And if you don't have that truth... Go back, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like We're, we're just playing church. You're just playing Christian. I, I, I know, that's, that's not church growth strategy 101 or anything. But I think that it is very important. Hey, somebody's got an email from God. But I think it's very important. I think it's very important to understand that it's everything. Until He's everything, until He's everything to you, I'll let you finish the end of that sentence. Because until he's everything, all of these menial things are just going to consume your life. He's got to be everything. In a really quick manner, I want to, I want to do your fill in the blanks here because I know you type A people are going to be like, you put them here and then we don't know what the answers are. Okay. I know, I've already seen, I've already seen some. Anxiety is going through the roof here. Is he even going to get to these fill in the blanks? Yes, we will. We will. So those are the two truths. Here's the, there's three areas, three areas of change in which I'm going to really briefly identify. The first area of change is change of the head. Um, if you want to real quick go back to Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, we have this, and it even gives you the title here, that it's Christ's example of humility. What we also understand is this is the, the mind of Christ, that if we are going to serve one another for God's glory and our sanctification, that we have to change the way in which we think about this. We have to have the right mindset. So we have to think correctly about serving. If we don't think correctly about serving, we're going to do it for the wrong reasons. In um, Philippians 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So this is, this is totally antithetical to the, the world around us. But what, what Paul is saying here is, this is the, way, the mind in which Christ had, this is the mind in which we are to have, this is the way in which we are to think. We have to change the way in which we, we think here. 
Change the head, right mindset. We have to have the right mindset so that we can then, next one, change the heart. Because the way in which you think determines the way in which you feel. So if you think rightly, there's going to be that, that, that heart issue that's going to fall in, in line or that, that, that should fall in line. Change of heart, right motivation. So not only do we need to change the head and have the right mindset, we need to change, we have to have the change of the heart to have the right motivation. It's feeling differently about serving. It goes from just serving so you feel good, understanding that you're serving because you're glorifying God and you want to help others. You want to serve others. I, I, I love this, this fact. And I, I was, as I was studying this week, this, this, somebody said it, and I can't remember exactly where it came from. But this, this came up. Our flesh looks for things to take credit for. If we get into serving and, 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 and through our service, we're, 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 we're giving into the flesh and we're not thinking about it right and we, we don't have the right feeling towards it and not, we don't have the right motivation, what we're going to end up doing is we are going to end up taking credit for what we're doing. But what, and we, if we remember, back in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says that we serve by the strength and the power which God has given us. So we can't take the credit for, the, for the, the, the serving aspect. If we take the credit for the serving, then it's a very good indication you're not serving God. You're serving yourself. Very dangerous. That's that, that road. That's, it's hard sometimes to get on that self-righteous and, and righteous path. It, it, it is hard sometimes. But we have to have the change of the head. We have to have the change of the heart. Last one. Change of the hands. Head, heart, hands. So this is right mission. Right mindset, right motivation, right mission. It's understanding if we have the mind of Christ, as Paul explains here, and I would, I would recommend everybody to read through Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11, to see exactly and, and to let these, the, the, these, these three things just kind of bubble to the surface as you're, as you're reading through here. But understanding that our mission has to be to, to take the form of this humble servant as Jesus did. It says that he was obedient, even obedient to the point of death on the cross. So the mission has to be, and Paul says elsewhere, for the sake of the gospel. Why are you doing this? Because I'm doing this to glorify God and to be sanctified, but I'm doing this is because of what Jesus did for me. It's not so I can just say, hey, look what I've done. Pat myself on the back. It's saying, no, look what God has done in me and what God is doing through me. You know, I, I can sit up here and be the talking head and, and, and say all these things. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, I love when people say, hey, it was a good sermon. Yeah, okay, great, that, that's awesome. But what I want to do at the end of the day is I want to answer the question, did I glorify God in what I did today? Because this is my, what God has gifted me to do. So I want to use this in service to serve you. And as I'm doing this, I want to glorify the Father. But I want to be sanctified myself. I want my motivation, I want my mission to be all about Jesus. I want my life to be that way. It's not just something, hey, this is what we do on Sunday for a couple hours. <laughs> and if it goes long, maybe it's going to be even longer, you know. But I want this to be the reality of your life so that we can say we're real people. So that when controversy and strife or whatever happens with inside uh, our church or, uh, because it will. I mean, anytime you get a bunch of sinners together, it's just, it's going to happen. 
It's kind of like a marriage. The, the, there's only two problems in every marriage, the husband and the wife, right? But understand when we come together, the, the, if, if we have this, this clear focus that we're, 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 we want to do everything to the glory of God, we want, to do, we want to glorify His name, and we want to be changed in the process. That's what God wants for us. I've got a homework question or a homework statement for you. I think I put it there in your notes. It's this. This week, today, whenever, honestly ask God this. Ask the Spirit to transform and unite your head and your heart, so your mind and your spirit, so to transform and unite your head and your heart so that your hands, your service, will be glorifying to God. Transform the way in which I think and the way in which I feel so my actions are glorifying to God. Because when I think differently and when I act or when I feel differently, my actions will be different. But those actions that are different, there has to be a purpose for them. And the purpose is to glorify God and to be sanctified. Let's pray.